On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about the annual Harmon Developers Conference, what it was all about, what the attendees got out of it, and what Harmon is looking to be doing in the future. All that and more on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control. A State of Control, Episode 61, Balance of Knowledge. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. Welcome to A State of Control, an AV Nation podcast that highlights the control programming and automation aspects of the audiovisual industry. My name is Steve Greenblatt. I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. So a few times a year, and we recently had one, uh, a state of control covers an event or some industry news. And if you're new to the show, we, we typically try to make the episodes evergreen so that they can be listened to anytime and they're content that can be uh, valuable to all types of audiences. But this, this episode is going to be a little bit different. And we're going to talk about an event that recently happened called the Harmon Developers Conference, which was in Richardson, Texas. And previous episodes on this event were number 49 and number 38, if you care to listen to those. So with me to discuss this event are some members who were in attendance, as well as uh, someone who hosted us. And I'll first start with him. His name is Chris Backus from Harmon. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Steve. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And uh, next is a uh, returning guest who's becoming a regular on the show. He's a friend and colleague, and his name is Dave Hatz from ABI Systems. How are you, Dave? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me, bud. Thank you. And last but not least, a newcomer to the show, but somebody that we know in the industry for some time, and uh, he'll have some very uh, interesting insight to share with us. His name is Jack Collisar, and he's from 4th Bit. Welcome, Jack. Thanks for having me, Steve. You're welcome. So we don't have Uncle Richie today, but we do send our regards to him and he'll be joining us in the next episode. Uh, so the Harmon Developers Conference uh, typically provides a combination of training and uh, personal interaction with some of the, 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 the people from Harmon that make things uh, work uh, from pro- product managers to technical support um, to uh, the, those who are able to give us some insight into the roadmap and, and the vision of the company. And uh, programmers find this important because we, we really need to understand what's up and coming and what, what we need to be prepared for. So Chris, I, I'm going to uh, let you kick us off. Um, what goes into the planning of this type of an event and, and what, what are some of the goals that you were hoping for, for us to accomplish? Okay. Well, one of the things that we try and uh, really provide is, is kind of a up-to-date look at some of the newest things that are happening in, in Harman and really most specifically the AMX product line. Um, and, and so what we try and do is, is look at some of the changes that have happened over the last year. Uh, it, 
both in the portfolio as well as in some of the APIs and technical capabilities of the product. And so as the team gets together to try and put an agenda together for it, um, we're looking at the first half of the week as, as far as some of the different uh, longer format training courses. Uh, and this year we offered uh, two different three-day options. Um, and so those courses represent some of the newer content releases that we've had from the training team. And then the back half of the week, we're looking at different roundtable discussions, like you alluded to, with different members of the engineering team and, and product management. And so those sessions usually uh, are carved into different time slots that are really focused on either um, presenting outwardly to the group uh, about new things or trying to receive input from the group, uh, the attendees, on, on maybe upcoming roadmap items that the teams internally are having questions about, and they want to go to a user, uh, a power user community to try and get those, uh, I guess, uh, disagreements settled. Um, this year, we had a number of those where it was really funny to see engineers point to project managers, and, and that look on their face just said it all in terms of um, that solved a very longstanding dispute uh, just by getting voice of customers in there. So, so Dave, uh, it sounds to me and the way Chris put it, um, Harmon was really looking to get in input in bringing us there as well as, as uh, of course, offer education and offer insight. Um, when you look to attend something like this, how important is that to be able well, to ha have that type of an audience? It's huge because, um, you know, I mean, I come from an integrator and so we have, you know, the ability to choose from lots of different products that in theory do very similar things. So understanding where a manufacturer is coming from in terms of the, you know, the philosophy behind decisions they've made thus far and also the roadmap of where they're going to make sure that it aligns with the things I as an individual programmer I'm focused on as well as the things that you know my, my company as an integration firm is focused on is huge the other thing that you know Chris was just talking about that I think really to me personally is huge is getting in front of those who are building the product because you know all too often you know we run into it in our job as programmers that we don't want to program something that's going to be of no use at the end of the day to you know to our end user well company like Harman, you know, if you talk with their developers, with their product managers, they want to make what is important to us. So having a forum for us to be able to say, you know, as the power user community, here are the things that are important in the new product or the next generation platform or whatever they're, they're focused on building. It helps them do a better job of delivering what we want. And at the end of the day, it gives us, us something that's more useful when, you know, when it comes to market. So I can't stress enough how important, you know, events like this really are. So Jack, I, th this was your first event as being an independent, right? Um, but, but you've attended this in the past, uh, you know, as, as part of a, of an integration firm. Um, what, what, what do you think was one of, or two of the more valuable aspects of it for you? Yeah, well, I mean, I've, this is only the second time that I've attended. Uh, two years ago was when I was attended with a company, and was, I think when they opened it up to uh, Solution Masters to come down, and then wasn't able to attend last year. And and this year I got to actually come down for the full week, so that was it was really cool because um, I two years ago I just came down Thursday, Friday, which is the open forum where everyone you know can just kind of spitball off each other and talk about you know directions and. Um, the first uh, three days was um, the the class I attended was for SVSI, and I already pretty well versed on SVSI, but it was still neat to um, 
to learn some tricks of the trade and, and the, and the talk to those guys and see how, how that product's being integrated, um, with the video streaming solutions from AMX. And, um, I, I actually really enjoyed that part, um, you know, and picked up on it more than I thought I would, uh, coming down, which, you know, I, I just had the opportunity to come down now that I'm independent. It's a little, a little more flexible. So, um, but yeah, that was, it was great. And, uh, and I really enjoyed, um, you know, like the, the competition, they had a little hackathon competition thing. And, um, that was really neat and getting to meet everybody and, and seeing the direction of where things are going was extremely important because, um, you know, this industry changes a lot and it seems like it accelerates faster, um, and faster and faster and faster, which is great. I mean, for people like us, I think we love that. Um, but, uh, it's, it's neat and important knowing what path, uh, Harmon is going to take going forward. So, you know, I think Jack touched on something there too, a little, you know, the hackathon, you know, you sit and say, okay, it's a competitive event, you know, it's just a little fun, but what it also does is it really helps foster a community among the attendees. And what I mean by that is, you know, I look at, you know, I've been going to events like this for a number of years and in the last month, I've had outside of that conference, I've actually had discussions with two different attendees on problems I ran into in the field. So I hit, I hit a wall with trying to do things and rather than call AMX tech support, I called what you'd really classify probably as a competitor of mine. And in both cases, they helped me through what I was trying to do. And so, you know, events like this have a lot of, you know, sort of informal value that they can bring to, you know, Jack, I'm sure you've, you've seen the same thing that, you know, by, by having others who are in the trenches with you, you can reach out to that's valuable because when push comes to shove, it helps you get through a pitch. Yeah. I, th I thought that was really cool actually, because, uh, who was on my team was, um, a Larry from accent AV and, um, and, uh, Jesse from, um, AVI, uh, SPL, I think. And, um, Larry, I had actually hung out before at a, another, um, manufacturer's conference and, um, kind of got talking. I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't have his contact and I tried to look him up before and forgot about it. And now it ended up being on his team and it's just, uh, and yeah, so I, you know, we hooked up and going to keep in touch. And I think that's, I think that's really important. I mean, there's some local, uh, other programmers who I've um, talked to in the past here and there um, and are around, but it's nice to be able to extend that reach to a far greater region. But that's pretty cool. So Dave, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of follow up on what you and Jack both said is that it's important to understand the direction and what, what we need to know. Um, what what is what what are some of those themes and and what and what and is this consistent with what we're hearing from other sources? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, the last couple of years, you know, you know, there's no secret about it have been challenging for Harmon, um, you know, and I know there's always a lot of uncertainty, you know, around where the company is going. Are they doing anything? And one of the things that I, I find valuable, you know, for the last couple of years, and this year's no exception, is not, you know, you know, Chris and his team and the, the product teams are not shying away from answering that question. It's not a, we're going to leave it and just, it's, you know, it's the elephant in the room. They hit it head on that, no, we are working really hard. We've been through some rough times as a company, but they are working really hard. And here's the direction they're going. 
both in terms of products for the shorter term, but also in terms of revolutionary next generation, you know, work, ne you know, the next generation of platform that, you know, har all Harman products align to, um, you know, th that's, and, and to me, that's encouraging because, you know, I've known AMX, I've known, you know, purchased by Harman, I've been, they've been through, you know, ups and downs, but, but they're a tried and true company. And to know that even through all the changes, there's significant innovation in the works. There's, you know, there's significant, uh, you know, product advancements, not just me too products in the industry, but, but, you know, products and platforms that advance the industry. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've always respected out of Harman and AMX is that, that for that, you know, that thought leadership in the industry. And, and I was really encouraged to, to hear some of the details. We can't get into some of the details here because they're still too early, but, but really hearing that, you know, Harman still is here, that there's still, there's a lot of innovation coming soon. Um, you know, that, that was really important. And, and, you know, it's your question of, is it consistent? I think one of the things they hit on is no, that they're not doing a good job of getting out to the industry all the things they're working on, and they they admitted that to us. And I think again, that's important because you know the first you know the first step in solving a problem is admitting that you have the problem. And so while the industry as a whole hasn't heard that message, for us is you know again that power user community to hear it and to be able to go back and share that. I look at it as much more than oh I'm just drinking the Kool Aid from a you know from an event, but that really you know, there really are some cool things in the works. Chris, I'll kind of give you the opportunity to chime in on this, uh, whether you want to follow up on what Dave said or, or you, you want to elaborate a little bit more about how, how do you follow up on, on something like this? Is it, so do we look to a year from now where we're going to be having another conversation and, and what we may or what we ta talked about may or may not be what we would then talk about, or are there interim steps to be able to, to continue this type of dialogue and, and build the, not only the momentum, but the anticipation for what's to come? Right. Uh, well, I think there'll definitely be some interim steps. You know, as far as where we're at in our production schedule, what was exciting for me is that the, the, the attendees really got to see a good look at uh, some next-gen software that's about to release. And, and so the exciting part was when you see everything that went into that solution, uh, and I know this is ambiguous and vague for podcast listeners to hear about hypotheticals and things of that nature, but to me, as someone that was hosting a conference and could actually show working software, that was very exciting. Uh, and, and so there was obviously a suite of products that have to go around that. And so those will all begin to come out, uh, you know, as we see uh, – Fit either at the next trade show cycle or, or what have you, but uh, the, the tools are in place. And the exciting thing is that the tools have been baking for quite a while. So there's a lot of great things to come. And, and so that's the exciting part is that there was actual working software and we could get really into the weeds a little bit about how certain tools would work. Um, and so I'm most excited about that. Now, as for where are we a year from now, I, I think we'll, the, we saw several phases, right? We saw software that's immediately uh, pending release. And then we saw the next evolution of, of a couple of tools 
tools that would likely now be something we could have a similar conversation about next year, right? And so I'm expecting um, for a lot of what we discussed as far as user preferences and things like that to actually be in working software this time next year. So that's the exciting thing as we look forward to different product release schedules is obviously you, you can't have um, things that require tools without tools. So, um, so as those uh, release and come to market, um, the nice thing is that the community had a lot of input into how that would go. And one of the things that, you know, Harmon is trying to, to focus on is uh, really two key things I can share, which would be open APIs uh, to let products be interoperable with uh, not just our own solution, but with other solutions. Uh, but also in terms of, um, from a programming language standpoint, uh, going back to standard languages. And so uh, obviously, you know, when Harman grew through acquisition, we brought on a number of different platforms. Each of them had their own control programming language, their own, um, you know, way of doing things. And so uh, like Dave mentioned, we're, we're seeking to, to unify that and, and create one standard language for Harman uh, devices uh, that would be using a modern uh, language with modern tool sets. Uh, and, and frankly, we don't think we have to be in the IDE business anymore. And so the nice thing is that because we're going to open, uh, you know, modern standards and modern languages, um, if you're a programmer and you have tools that you like, there's a great chance you're going to be able to use those tools and whatever it is we have going forward. So I'm excited about that, um, that we're moving to, to standard modern languages. Uh, it helps not just from my role as, as the head of, uh, of training and pro services. Um, we don't have to train, uh, you know, as well as a, a proprietary language as much anymore, um, but also just because of the amount of resources that will be available to the community uh, when you move to modern languages. And some of our competitors have already seen those benefits as you look at maybe Python or C Sharp. Uh, and, and so I think everyone that's touching those languages can attest that it's extremely valuable and helpful to have a world outside of just Pro AV who can help with a, a particular coding challenge. Uh, Jack, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of follow up with you on this um, based because Chris gave us a lot there. And I think that that was all, it's all really exciting stuff. I, th I think for, for most programmers, they, everybody was pretty engaged uh, both at the event. And I think that a lot of these types of discussions we've been having for some time, um, how important is it that we have a, a, a modern programming language support and, and, and what, it, what does that really do for a programmer? Because there's, it, it one of the things that that i i see is that it has a lot of power but it's also going to create some separation between those that are true software developer programmers and those that are more um just av programmers yeah i mean i think that's huge it's just um we've been stuck in a box for so long with proprietary tools and you know you've you've gotten to see where software has gone, where software development's gone through the years and just be like, oh, I wish I could have done that with one line, but um, can't, right? I mean, I've got to get a lot more remedial about that. And so the, um, the power that's behind most modern languages is, you know, when that's unleashed, it's, it just makes things so much easier for, for everybody. I mean, it's one thing to have your own set of libraries where, um, you know, or, or tools that you go to uh, to work within a um, proprietary development like Netlinks or something like that. Whereas you might go to forums and share some code here and there. Well, I mean, if you've got a, you know, a language like Python, I mean, where you can just, you know, literally just type a couple things in on Google and there's your entire answer right there. And it's just, there's, it's such a huge community out there. And, and I think that that's, extremely important in the AV industry to to go down that path 
um, and not just um, not just with uh, just picking a language, but just keeping everything open. Um, because, I mean, if you look at like the modern programming languages, like very successful, like Python. Well, I mean, Python's not super successful because like O'Reilly wrote some page turner that you you know can't get out of your hand. I mean, it's popular because it's very approachable, and because you've got a five dollar Raspberry Pi computer that anybody can get, right? So you can just get that hardware and start playing around with it, and it's just it's just it, it's easy to access that. Um, so, you know, not having a dealer login to get software that you need for, you know, just that, that's what's going to help grow this industry, I think, just keeping it open. Dave, uh, as we talk about the term open and, and Chris touched on the open API um, aspect of things, uh, how important is that? Because the, there's there's some type of sense of security in these closed systems that everybody everything is supposed to work together. But then when you have an, an open API, although it unleashes power, with power comes risk and so forth. Uh, what's the best way of approaching something like that? Well, I think it's important. I mean, you know, we are an integration industry. We bring the right boxes, the right software tools, the right, you know, the right building blocks together to deliver an outcome, to drive, you know, to drive an experience for our end users. That's what we do as an industry. And so the more that the, the products we use can have the flexibility to, you know, to communicate to the best of breed. And so if, if that means I'm using, you know, a product from Harman, with a product from another company, with a product from another company, and at the end of the day, that delivers the best result for the application my customer has, that's the best we can hope for. And so, you know, it's a discussion, you know, we've had for many years, and we've been doing it for many years with, you know, if you think about it, if, it, if display manufacturers 30 years ago had said, nope, I'm only going to work with my stuff, well, guess what? We wouldn't have sold that manufacturer because we wouldn't have been able to turn it on from our touch screen, from our button controller, from our, our one touch to join room. So, you know, the idea of Harman saying that, you know, as they move forward, they really want to foster this open API for all of their products. I think, it, I think, it's, an, I think it's, it's an important business decision for them. And personally, I think it's the right business decision because it keeps them relevant in any discussion where their name could possibly appear, not just the ones that say, I want to be only in the Harman ecosystem. I want to work exclusively or I want to have a preference for working exclusively in a Harman ecosystem. They're accepting that there's going to be times where that's not the right fit for an integrator, for the end user. And they're saying, okay, we're going to allow a subset of our products to work really easily and really well with any other system. And again, that's just, I can't emphasize enough how, how valuable that is. And if we can get the rest of the industry to follow suit with that, now we're able to do some really cool stuff in a little bit less time. I think Dave is spot on with that, uh, that summary of where we're at. And if you think 10 years ago, 
when 232 was king and video companies were video companies, control companies were control companies, it allowed integrators to, to just put the best of breed in there and let the best product win. And then we're a victim of this as well, where we you know propagated this entire closed ecosystem as we grew the portfolio, but made things work certain ways you know, with, with, within that ecosystem. Um, this is a change to really open that up again to say, you know, made, made the best product win. And, and so I, I think Dave is spot on that that gives integrators the, the flexibility that they want in system designs uh, to allow w whatever the customer needs, uh, you know, and it puts the burden back on the manufacturer to, to have the best product, not necessarily the most dominating ecosystem or what have you that might dictate it in today's model and paradigm. And so pretty excited about that as we go forward. So, uh, Chris, I, I had a question for you uh, following up on this conversation that is shift, taking a little bit of a turn, but um, being that uh, training is under your jurisdiction at Harman and, and uh, we know how that has evolved and, and, and the, uh, the, the structure and the certification and, and, and the real um, the, 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 the qualifications that you need to really be able to work with Harman products in going down the road of opening things up a bit, do you foresee that still being the case or do you, and, and do you see that, how do you see training changing within Harman? That's a great question. Uh, today we teach a proprietary language with Netlinks. We also teach an open language with JavaScript for the SVSI product line. And so I, I expect to continue to teach uh, a proprietary language for folks that are in that ecosystem and want to continue with that language. I'm not expecting the product line to change in, in terms of uh, its openness to that language, but we do expect it to also take on the, the ability to be leveraged with a different uh, modern language. So as a manufacturer where I said, I have to continue to do both, right? I, I have to teach my proprietary world because no one else will do that. But then I also have to, to teach uh, the, the next gen modern language uh, like we've been doing with Java as well. So I guess we teach three right now. Um, and, and so the challenge is I, I have to equip our partners with the tools needed to be successful with our product. However, as we move forward in those modern languages, there are just other ways and other places people could get that information. So if I just have a library for JavaScript users or for Java or for Groovy, whatever we're, we're going to end up going with there for, for that language, if I have a library, I've got to be able to support that library. And so we'll do some teaching here, but the nice thing is that you now have options, um, be it just-in-time learning for what it is for your project or other resources that people could pull in from, uh, from the, the marketplace, uh, uh, be it college or be it just anyone that's available uh, that would be um, someone of that skill set. And so as a manufacturer with training, I don't expect it to change all that much from what we're currently doing. The language may swap out just based on whatever the product line goes with. Uh, but other than that, we're still going to continue to offer it. And, and do you see the idea of being certified still being a a responsibility uh, or uh, do you see Harmon as being the one who determines that type of a certification? Well, great question. As far as the certification side, um, I firmly believe you should be certified to sell our product. Um, today, there is no physical hard requirement on that, but I believe that you're most successful, most productive, and it's the best use of employer time if that individual is certified with a demonstrated proficiency uh, within our product line. So I don't expect that to change in terms of 
Harmon offering a certification, and that certification represents that an individual has demonstrated a certain set of skills that represents they're successful and profitable with our product. And so I will still continue to offer that. I'm not necessarily certifying that you are modern language proficient. I'm certifying that you're proficient with our product. And if that's the mechanism that you use to get there, then you still demonstrate the needed outcome for the customer experience we're trying to deliver. I, I accept that. <laughs> that, uh, that. That sounds like a, uh, a very reasonable compromise. Um, yeah, well, it, it's separating out the, diff the difference between can you write the lines of code in the right order and get the result, you know, one way versus another, or again, are you delivering that result, that, that experience, that, that outcome that the client is looking for? And at the end of the day, that's the most important piece to Harmon, I would imagine, is making sure that, you know, that the customer is, you know, is receiving the value that they were asked or they asked for. Absolutely. Jack, I'll, I'll kind of bring you in as we wind down. Um, looking forward, what, what, what is important to you in the events such as these and what, what keeps you coming back? Um, I mean, looking into the future does for sure. Um, and I think one of the things that's great and, and that was stressed is that, Harmon is there to um, to be leaned upon as far as like if for other for there are some a lot of programmers out there who know those um, proprietary languages and and only know those those proprietary languages whether that's Netlinks or Simple or you know whatever and I think Harmon has made a commitment going forward that you know there's going to be a path and so. For those who maybe aren't as familiar with, uh, you know, uh, formal programming languages, that th there's going to be a way to kind of mature into these new product lines. And I think that's very important because, I mean, for one, it has to happen. I mean, there's the AV industry is large and there's not a ton of uh, traditional programmers within the AV industry. And um, but within the AV industry, there's people who are extremely knowledgeable about AV and that that needs to that needs to stay that way and i think that you know coming to these conferences um allows you a path towards um where that company is going to be going in the future and it, it prepares you for that and so i think it's it's definitely crucial uh, i'll uh dave um one of the as we as also as we wrap up um Jack touched on AV and programming. What what do you think is more important for a, a programmer moving forward? Is it, you know what? How, how do you look at that balance of knowledge? To be well, it's got to be a balance. It's got to be a balance. At the end of the day, if you are a programmer and have no clue what AV is or how the devices interact and how they operate, you're going to have a real tough time delivering a rock solid always works experience for our end users. At the same time, if you're just an AV guy, we've seen that many of the programmers in our industry have learned, have, you know, our, our design engineers or even technicians who have learned programming. And again, we see it, it, it's a challenge. It takes time and, you know, there's training in, in, uh, available to help you, but it takes time to build that skill set. And so, you know, I, I look at it as, you know, the core tenets of what we do are not changing we're still delivering the, you know, the right experience to our end users. We're using different boxes every year. So in a lot of cases, we're using fewer boxes, but we're more networked than we were 10 years ago. 
We're talking much more about software than ever before. But at the end of the day, you still have to have an industry experience, marry it with the ability to, you know, some level of software, call it configuration, development, full software developer, depending on the application, you might need any of those, but you still got to marry them together and to really be successful. And that's not going away. And, you know, I think Jack hit on the, the fact that there is going to be a path with Harmon as they introduce new languages and new support and grow what they can do. There's going to be a path for those who are still are already at this level to continue with this level and then gradually progress as they're ready. And as they see the business need and, you know, that's, that's what's going to be make, you know, make all of us successful in the end. And Chris, so we'll wrap up with this. Um, one of the themes that came out in this discussion was community and, and uh, how we can, learn from each other. And, and that's one of the, the uh, assets and, and uh, one of the byproducts of going to an event like this. How, how do, do you see this community growing? And, and, and is, is, are there any, um, that there are any ways that Harmon can help to foster that? Well, I think continue to offer forums like this where people can get together outside of a, a you know, a stressful job and job site environment or a busy trade show environment. I, I think it's very helpful to the community. Uh, most programmers are always the behind the scene guy. Uh, you may be the remote PC guy, but you're you're rarely out in front and in, in leading a project and having communication with a lot of externals. And so this provides a really needed community uh, and conversation, uh, water cooler kind of talk uh, environment for people to just throw ideas around, ask if, like Dave mentioned, if you've ever had this problem or uh, now you know people's strengths outside of just maybe a credential that they have on a website or a LinkedIn profile, you really get to know people. And as Jack mentioned, uh, you know, he was there all week. I really encourage folks that can make it stay for the whole week. We try and put together some pretty great activities uh, that really get you out of the, the classroom and, and really into a fun environment where you can just relax and, and just share conversation and network to, to build your personal network, your personal brand, uh, but also just kind of learn from others, which is really the exciting part. And so as far as how do we grow that community, uh, this event is open to members of the AMX Valued Independent Partner Community, uh, a series of independent programmers. It's also open to uh, holders of the AMX Solutions Master credential. And so that's uh, someone who has basically five AMX certifications. And so, uh, you know, you have 12 months to finish those out. It, if anybody uh, wants to get ready for the 2020 event. Very good. I'm going to throw a sh shout out really quick to Chris because, you know, I've been going to these events for a long time and this year, Chris managed to give us what was without a doubt, the largest swag, both physical in size and in weight of anything by, you know, by far that I've ever received. So, you know, JB, you know, JBL gave us all their Party Box 300 speaker, which is a Bluetooth speaker about yay high for those watching on the video here. And that thing has some awesome sound, a whole lot of power. And, uh, you know, not that we go to these events for the swag, but Chris, you, you've outdone yourself, my friend. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> 
Uh, no problem. We, we take swag seriously here in, in Harmon Pro University, and I'm glad you guys really enjoyed that one. I, like I said, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about what attendees would you know, find utility in. I, you can always get a pen. You can get a Chotsky. That is nice. It might sit on a desk. But when you're leading the block party with your Party Box 300 because you're dominating your neighborhood for Bluetooth speaker game, uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm glad you guys enjoyed it, and I'm glad you liked the product. So thank you. That's a great great way to end this, and thank you, Chris. We all appreciate that. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for being a part of today's show. First, I'll start with Dave Hatz from AVI Systems. How can people get in touch with you and learn more about AVI? Uh, certainly stop by avisystems.com. Uh, myself, uh, my email is dave.hatz, H-A-T-Z, at AVI Systems. You'll find me on the Twitters, on LinkedIn, all that. Just search me out. But again, uh, thanks for having us, a great discussion. And again, thanks to you, Chris, for, uh, for hosting us for this. I agree with that. Uh, Jack Collisar from 4th Bit, how can people get in touch with you and learn more about your company? Um, I'm on the interwebs. So, I mean, you can uh, find me at jack at uh, 4thbit.com, uh, email-wise, or 4thbit.com. It's the number 4, thbit.com. Very good. And last but not least, Chris Backus from Harmon. How can people get in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing? You're in a new role now. I don't know if you want to share that a little bit. And uh, you can also tell us how to learn more about Harmon Pro. Thanks, Steve. Uh, no, I've, I've recently been asked to, to take on a little more responsibility, and so I'm now heading up uh, training as well as professional services. We have a great team of about 30 folks that are underneath us uh, working to, to make sure that everyone has the content they need to support the new products that are, we're, we're putting out here at Harman and deliver those for some of our customers with our pro services team. Um, as far as how to reach me, you can reach me at AV Control Guy on uh, Twitter or on LinkedIn. We're happy to connect with anybody out there that wants to learn more about me or about Harman. Uh, and as for Harman, harman.com. Very good. So uh, my name is Steve Greenblatt. I can be reached at my company's website, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net or on social media at Steve Greenblatt, pretty much every platform. Uh, but most importantly, come and check us out at the AV Nation website. That's avnation.tv, where you can find the show and the other shows from weeklies to monthlies covering the commercial residential aspects of the AV industry. I, I a big listener of the uh, connected show as well as the AV IT show uh, or ITAV. I get that confused, but both uh, nonetheless, it's a good show and uh, it, it can provide some value to this audience. Um, while you're at the website, please check out the supporters who help to make AV nation possible and financially support uh, these shows as well as attendance at different events. Uh, we'd also like to hear from you, so please uh, reach out to me, reach out to Rich Fragoza, who's not with us this week, but we'll be back. Uh, we we want to hear what you guys like and what uh, we should be doing more or less of, so please reach out or leave us a review. Uh, otherwise, that would be it for this episode of A State of Control. <laughs> <laughs>